We became entrepreneurs because more than anything, we want freedom. We want to be in control of our own schedule, income, and life. But unfortunately, that isn't always the reality of being a business owner. I'm Gillian Perkins, and I'm on a mission to take back entrepreneurship for what it's supposed to be. In every episode, I'll share with you how to get the most out of every hour you work so that you can work less and earn more. Let's get to it. There's no doubt about it. First launches are the hardest launches. But something that doesn't get nearly as much airtime is the difficulty that comes with launching a product over and over again, which is something that you probably want to do. Because once you finally find a winning product idea, a profitable product idea, we don't want to go through the difficulty of finding another one, the difficulty of first launches over and over again. We want to keep repeating what is working. But how do you do that successfully? How do you keep launching the same thing over and over again without losing momentum? How do you keep your business not just going, but growing? Well, that's exactly what I'm getting into in this episode where I interview Sarah Noquette. Sarah runs the OBM School, and she's done so for around a decade, launching the same product over and over again. So Today, in this episode, we get to hear Sarah's wisdom on how she's done that and done so very successfully, both from a tactical, practical perspective of what she's actually done, as well as the mindset and the practices that have helped her on a personal level to keep going, keep the business growing, and keep enjoying the process. Sarah Noked, welcome to Work Less, Earn More. It is great to have you here. I'm so excited to be back. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't had very many guests on the show more than once, so I hope that you feel honored to be here again. I am really looking forward to getting into your launch strategy because I know that you have launched the program that you run quite a number of times now. And something that I've found as I've launched products repeatedly is that there is like an ebb and a flow. There is a journey that you go on. First launches are so different from second launches and so different from 10th launches. And you run into such different challenges with each of them. You know, at first, you're just trying to figure out like, what is even the message here? And how do I, you know, make a big boom with it? And then the second launch, everyone's heard about it, at least everyone in your like inner circles, so you're like, how do I spread the word more? How do I reach people who haven't heard about this yet? And then by the time you get to say a 10th launch, you've got a completely different set of problems. Now you're trying to figure out like, how do I keep generating leads? How do I keep this message fresh? What do I do with those people who said no in the past, right? So I know that you, like as it launched your program quite a few times now. And so I really want to learn how you've kept things going and growing And I know also, as you're talking about this a little bit earlier, that you mentioned that you're very systematic about your launches. And so I'm really curious to learn about what some of your like four systems that you use to run your launches are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Gillian, I'm so excited to chat about this because, yes, I feel like over the last decade, I have probably launched the same program quarterly. (laughs) So that's like, I don't know, (laughs) math is not my forte. And just like you had mentioned, problems change. But at the end of the day, it really does become an issue of how do I keep myself motivated around launching this again? Like it is a personal journey. For sure. I mean, yeah, that's a whole nother problem, right? You don't just have to worry about other people. It's definitely a challenge of managing yourself as well. So I would love to get into that as well. Definitely. Okay, so to start us out, tell us just a little bit about this product or products that you have launched repeatedly. What are the things that you're currently launching that you've been launching for a while? So inside of OBM School, so I'm an OBM trainer. We have our OBM School. And inside of OBM School, we have an accreditation program that we launch quarterly. We have an OBM Accelerator. For those of you who aren't familiar, OBM stands for Online Business Manager, just to give everyone context. (laughs) Jeez, doesn't everybody know that? (laughs) So, and we also have some evergreen funnels that we launch on Evergreen. So we have a couple programs that are DIY versions of things that we find do really well with Evergreen Funnel and a webinar. So, And so did you say that there is one program that you're launching quarterly or there's two programs that you launch quarterly? 
There are two programs that we launch quarterly, the accreditation and the accelerator. And it is fun to figure out those launch factors. <laughs> yeah. So do you launch them at the same time or does one launch always follow the other? Or are you alternating like one quarter you do one, the next quarter you do the other? What does that look like? So we do launch both every quarter and we still experiment with different strategies because there is this sort of level of keeping it exciting around here and keeping things different. We do it more so, I think, from like a team motivation perspective, but we do typically launch our accreditation. That is our big program. That is our high ticket program. And we will then launch our accelerator. We try to space them out as much as we can so that they don't overlap. uh, Because again, it is to a very similar audience of online business managers who are looking to level up their skills. So Our accreditation is really for an online business manager who is a little bit more experienced and that we craft our strategy around that and as well as any kind of promotions leading up to, whereas our accelerators for beginners, it's a little bit more fun. We have a launch promotion called OBM Week that we try to do every quarter. We don't do every quarter just because it's so heavy for me on the showing up and promotion, it's exhausting. So I I do that at least two or three times a year. And I think that's really what it all comes down to. What does OBM Week look like? So OBM Week is an incredible event that, again, we have launched, I want to say like 20 times. It started off as a five-day event where we would walk online business managers through the various steps of starting an online business as an online business manager. So for example, what isn't day one is what is an online business manager? Day two is what's the tech stack for an online business manager? Day three is like, who are the clients? Day four is the pricing and packaging and so on and so forth. And over the years, we have taken it from five days to three days just based on our metrics around people showing up, Uh around our metrics around sales, because obviously we have to pitch during this OBM week. So we've tried pitching on the first day. We've tried pitching on the second day. We've tried pitching on the last day. We've tried various things around OBM week. But the thing that I try to remind myself, because it's a lot of work to launch. There's a lot of sort of all hands on deck with our team that takes the team away from other things. But it is maybe not the most financially beneficial launch in my experience, but it creates this ripple effect of just really impacting people who maybe otherwise wouldn't feel confident about starting their online business as an OBM and now are ready, maybe not to buy one of our programs, but ready to start their business. And for me, a big part of being an online business manager, and this may sound cheesy, but it is actually the truth, is really around paying it forward. I feel really grateful for being in this industry for over a decade. And I'm really happy where I am, you know, personally and professionally. So if I can help one other person get a little bit, especially like a mom or a dad or a parent, you know, have that balance with their family and life, like that to me is a lot of peace of mind. So it checks that box. Yeah, for sure. So what you said about OBM week makes me think that it's a little bit like a crash course on like the opportunity of becoming an OBM, but also kind of like the practical, like here's how to get an OBM business started, which makes me think, is this a little bit almost like a Jeff Walker product launch or video series approach just from a really like practical angle? The jig is up. Yes, the jig is up, (laughs) except I was like, oh, hell no to the live webinar on the last day. I am spent at that point. Oh, yeah. But yes, it is very much of a PLF launch. You know, I followed Caitlin Batcher for a while. I was in her program. So that whole kind of evergreen, you know, nurturing the people in my free Facebook group and doing all these things. So, I mean, yes, but it was when push comes to shove, very much a profit launch formula style launch, just like minimizing, I think, all of the insanity because, you know, one of our core beliefs in this business is around keeping my team lean. And I I don't want to have 800 team members managing all of these complex, segmented, hocus pocus. You know, I don't believe in that. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there are businesses where it obviously makes sense to have a big staff, but for running an online educational business, 10 people is my limit. You know, like I kind of bounce between about five and 10 team members and it's such a sweet spot, like where I can have a personal connection with each of them, where we don't have the inefficiencies that come with communications with a big team. It just is like, I love the word you use, lead. It's streamlined. And I love that. Yeah, amen to that. So you mentioned that it may be doing the OBM week style kind of product launch format launch. It's maybe not the most profitable thing. So I'm curious, what is the most profitable thing? Which of your launches have been the most successful and why? So I think that our OBM accreditation launch, I don't want to say the program sells itself, but I feel like it does. And it really requires minimal promotion in real time, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is I have spent the last 10 plus years of my career advocating for online business managers. And this was sort of one of the things I was thinking about in preparation for this podcast was like, what is it that has been the secret to my success, you know, in some way? And I was like, you know what, it's just really about, and this is going to be so lame, but keeping it simple. I have thought many times in my life, in my business to be like, maybe I need to create a program for virtual assistants. Maybe I need to create a program for some other service support professional. Maybe I need to branch off and do something completely different. But I think because I'm a little lazy and because I really am passionate about being an OBM that I was like, no, it's just OBM all the way. So for the last million years, I have just been screaming from any rooftop people let me on what the OBM role is, why it's important. So I think when people are already working in the online space and they've come across the OBM term and they find me and they see that I've been doing this for as long as I have, that credibility speaks to the bottom line of my sales. And they know that when they're coming into the program, they are getting the top-notch OBM accreditation, certification, whatever you want to call it, training program on the market. So it sells itself in a way. And the other thing that I find is a little bit special about our community is I just love online business managers because they're really passionate. They're really of heart of service individuals. So if I ever say to my students, hey guys, we're promoting accreditation or hey, I'm shooting some YouTube videos for a day in the life of an OBM, you know, are you willing to come and share your story? They're like chomping at the bit. And so I find it so effortless to market that program because I've got individuals who are happy and supportive and offering to help me. So there's less of a feeling like I do around OBM week where I'm kind of getting people at the very beginning of their journey and they're still in corporate or on the fence about starting their online business. And there's this whole, I call it losing their client virginity, but they haven't really gotten to that point yet. So they've got other mindset issues. I like the client or the OBM who is confident about their role and knows what they want and are ready to take their business to the next level. So because it's such a well marketed and it's a program that's been around for a while and stood the test of time, people really just come and they're sort of like, where do I sign up? Where do I apply? So it's effortless. And I don't even want to jinx myself, but it it feels effortless because we already have a lot of people advocating for our cause at the accreditation level. Well, what a good encouragement to everyone out there who's on their third, fourth, fifth launch, and they're feeling like maybe they've tapped out their market. And then maybe that everyone who wanted to buy their thing has already bought it. Everybody has already heard of it and is tired of hearing about it. That if you press on, that things get easier and easier over time. Like I think there's kind of that slump where after your third, fourth, fifth launch, things are getting harder and harder, but then things pick back up and you have momentum and you have created the clout that your program needs. You're building name recognition and that your program or your product, whatever it is, becomes more and more just seen as the industry standard and the go-to product for whatever the problem is that you're solving. And the reason I want to point that out is because I could imagine someone hearing what you're saying and be like, well, I'm glad it's easy for Sarah. 
You know what I mean? Like her program feels yeah. so great for me. But but I think there's a really important lesson there. Yeah, exactly. That old cow. Yeah, totally. But you know what? It really is. There have been so many moments in my career where I have been so happy that I doubled down instead of walked away because I was frustrated or because I was exhausted. You know, obviously entrepreneurship is such a personal growth journey. We could go off on a tangent, but launching is even more so this personal journey because it's exhausting. It can be very tumultuous. The highs are high, the lows are low. You might be just completely in the middle of a launch right now and feeling overwhelmed, but I can only look back in retrospect and say, I'm so happy that I stood the course and that I continue to stay on course because as entrepreneurs, we are bright, shiny object people. You know, you see something new on the market or you see somebody in your world talking about something and it sparks this piece inside of you that's looking for something new, looking for something fresh, looking for some new creative project. But I always think to myself, I'm like, no, the work is sticking to something and continuing to hone what in our world is like this quarterly launch. You know, we launch these things quarterly and every quarter has a rhythm. And as we continue every quarter with this rhythm, we can look back at our metrics and we can look back and we can actually see and measure these changes. And as an online business manager who's worked in so many businesses over the years, like that to any entrepreneur is peace of mind because now I can, with the right information, make choices around my launches, make choices around my ad spend, make choices around my team because I can see what works and what doesn't work for me. Yeah, for sure. So can we get really practical? Break it down, Sarah. What does your standard launch look like? How long is it? What sort of emails do you send? How many? Just the basics, you know? What does this launch look like? So I'll take you through the accelerator launch with OBM Week. So about two weeks before our big promotion of OBM Week, We start running ads. We start inviting our list. We have our affiliates and our students promoting this OBM week. And there's a lot of chatter and buzz. And I am all hands on deck, stories, lives, you know, all this stuff going out. And it's intense for those two weeks prior to OBM week. Then when OBM week starts, which is only three days, we usually run it Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So when it starts on Tuesday, our sort of sweet spot there is that we encourage people to show up live by having daily giveaways every day of OBM week. So now we have daily giveaways. We have more things to talk about. When people win, we share the wins on social. And we also open cart the first day of OBM week. And like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we tried the last day, we tried the second day, we tried the first day. I find that if I started on the first day, it's not the elephant in the room that I feel like I can't talk about. It is just a part of the OBM week coupon code. So we offer a discount. We've always offered a discount. I know that, you know, a lot of these influencers are like, don't discount your products out of value. But I'm like, you know what? This is what works for our community. This is what incentivizes people who are sitting in corporate or have just got laid off to take that next step because we know our audience really well. So we open cart on the first day and our cart is about seven days from start to end. So we open it on a Tuesday and then the next Tuesday or Wednesday is when we close cart. So as I mentioned, during OBM week, we have a very, very strong incentive with a coupon code for a discount. And then after OBM week, the discount goes away and we have other bonuses and I think the biggest thing that we change every time we launch are the bonuses. And that's, I think, what keeps things interesting (laughs) for us. And I could do the same bonuses every time, but it's fun to change that up. It's fun to create new bonuses. And because we're creating new workshops for our OBMs inside of our community, we're like, well, let's just give them this workshop or let's just give them that live expert training. So that is pretty much how that launch goes. And during the launch, you asked me how many emails do we send? A hell of a lot. So when I brought on my OV, it was like, it's a lot of emails to send. And I don't know how I feel about this. And I was like, you know what? I get that. And thanks for sharing your opinion. 
And I know because of my experience as an OBM and just from watching this industry for the last few years that people's inboxes are getting louder and messier and angrier. And we have to send out multiple emails every day of our launch, especially on the last few days before we close cart, because that's it. After that, everything goes on a wait list. So I don't want people losing out or missing out because they didn't open their email. So we send a lot of emails. We send at least one email a day. We send at least two to three emails on the last few days. And then it goes on waitlist. And then we have a whole sequence around the waitlist. So when people join our waitlist, because we have, like I had mentioned at the beginning, we have this evergreen funnel, which is a do-it-yourself version of our accelerator. So that's when we sort of start to promote the do-it-yourself version. So maybe you couldn't afford or didn't have the time to join us for the live Here's our DIY version. It's a third of the price, still has all the stuff you need to get started. And that that's an opportunity to sell to the lone wolves in our community, which I identify with and which a lot of OBMs, just generally speaking, identify with. Like, I'm very motivated. I'm very disciplined. Give me the course. I can get through it on my own. So it kind of is like a live launch followed by the pitch of the evergreen version of the program. So in total, it ends up being the two weeks promoting OBM week, another week of open launch for the live program, followed by another week of the downsell. So it's a month-long launch. And then we're like, oh man, now I need to like ease off and I'm definitely hitting up the spa. I am definitely <laughs> doing whatever I can to decompress well trying to continue to maintain showing up on social, not as much, but at a minimum once or twice a week with stories and our continued YouTube videos and stuff. So we're continuing to nurture and promote stuff. Then we get into our accreditation launch. It's usually about a month afterwards. And we've tried different things because I could just open up applications and run ads for applications and see where that goes. But what we've found has worked the last few times is we do like a roundtable with our accredited OBMs or we do a more advanced training for advanced OBMs that attracts people who are already working with clients that seem to be very much attracted to our accreditation. So it's so funny. It's their higher ticket program, but it seems easier to launch. It's less walking people off the ledge. It is somebody who has already sealed the deal with clients. It is somebody who is like, sees the potential of their OBM role and their OBM role with their clients. They can imagine it and envision it. And the whole purpose of accreditation is to give people experience around things like launch and around things like operations management where they otherwise necessarily wouldn't get that experience being a VA with their clients. So that really helps to sell the program because they're learning skills. It's sort of that upskilling, reskilling kind of angle rather than start your business, put on the blindfolds and go in this head first. So there's more of a business owner there rather than, I guess, a startup OBM. Yeah, you know, we always find the same thing too. We sell primarily three products for business owners or aspiring business owners. There's Startup Society and Validate, which are both for beginners either beginners who want the more DIY route, who want to learn like just all the basics of online business that started society. Then for Validate, that's our eight-week accelerator where we're like, we'll launch your product in these eight weeks. So let's just hurry up and get this done. And then we've got the more advanced program, 100K Mastermind. Okay, that's for people who have already successfully sold their course. They've already had a successful first launch and they want to turn their product into an evergreen source of income. 100k mastering so much easier to sell like you're saying like it almost sells itself sells itself people i think when they've already made money with their product or they've already made money with their business they're so much more confident to invest money into learning how to sell more effectively and learning how to grow their business because they've already proven to themselves that they can do this that they can be successful with this that they are cut out for this and so they're a lot more ready to invest in themselves whereas getting people to take that first step and you know spend that first dollar investing in their business, they have so much self-doubt. Yes. It's so interesting, but it is the difference between I can't spend this money, you know, I don't know if it's going to work versus, okay, it works. Now I'm going to make an investment to make more money and 
Yeah. Head to the next level. Get on our directory, whatever, whatever it is. Which is kind of like counterintuitive and wouldn't necessarily be obvious from the outside or wouldn't be what you expect, I guess is what I mean more than anything else. Because it would seem like the cheaper product would be easier to sell, like a first step would be easier to sell because the market for first steps is way bigger than the market for more advanced steps. There's always going to be in any industry way more beginners than there are people who are further along in the journey. Like that's just how the math has to work out, right? And so it just seems like it'd be so much easier to sell that cheaper thing to a bigger audience. But the reality is that it's so much easier to close the sale on that next step product down the road. So I've got just a, another question or two about specifically the OVM week. I know I keep going back to that, but I'm interested in this strategy. I haven't really employed a strategy like that in my business before. So um, with the three days of OVM week specifically, what are you releasing or inviting people to on each of those days? It's not like maybe it's a live thing. So is it like a live class on each of those three days? And how long is the class? So OBM week is three days of live classes with me. And there are workbooks and there are prompts. And it's interesting because over the years, we've tried various things with OBM week. And what we found, because we have a community of, I think over around 12,000 online business managers that Back in the earlier days, we used to go live in that Facebook community for OBM Week. And I've just found that over time, doing it with a platform like Zoom, where we can see the faces, because we'll usually have about 100 or 200 people on live, and almost 1,000 people sign up. So Mm -hmm. it's really nice when we can engage. What I'm trying to say is, our engagement increased when we do it in a way where people can actively comment and communicate with the group uh-huh. as opposed to streaming it to YouTube or streaming it to a Facebook group where it kind of gets lost in the abyss. I'm sure it must have also really helped to have people like have to opt in and like sign up because then they're emotionally signing up to be there. Like they're deciding that they will be there versus if it's just like, something that they can show up for, then they don't have to like make that decision, which I think is so important. You know, it's funny that you say that because you had asked me, well, there were a lot of questions that I was considering before knowing we were going to be talking about launch. And one of the things in that same vein that I often consider is making OBM week a paid thing because people say it changed my life, it kickstarted my business, so on and so forth. And I'm like, if people paid $7, would they be more inclined to show up in person and do the work? And I still, to this day, hesitate because I was like, no, our system works and I'm not breaking anything. And if this quarterly thing is suddenly paid and then it goes back to free, well, that's not going to look very good, right? Yeah, that was actually going to be one of my other questions was, I take it it's free, but you've never, I don't think you ever said it was free before this. And so I was wondering if it was paid just to clarify, or if you've ever tried paying for it, partly because I recently saw, I think everyone recently saw Amy Porterfield marketing her online course creator bootcamp. I don't think that's quite what she called it. And it's a similar sort of concept. I think it's like a one week sort of, I might be getting all the details wrong, but it was a multi-day Kurdish course about becoming a course creator. And I saw her marketing it for a few days because she was like marketing the heck out of it. Like kudos to Amy. Then I could just tell it was totally a promotional thing. Like it was clearly to get people into her course creator academy. Great. And then I saw after a few days of seeing the promotion for it, that it cost $47. And I was a little surprised because I had assumed it was a free thing just because I I could tell what it was. Like it's clearly a new strategy for her. I'll be interested to see if she does it again because that's always an indicator of whether something worked for someone or not, right? So it reminded me of that. Yeah. So just one more question about the OBM week? Is it just like one session each day for those three days or do you have multiple sessions each day? No, I have one session that I run each of those days. And how long is that session? It's an hour. I can see why doing it for three days would work better than five days. Like you were saying, you'd switch because I know that whenever I've tried to do like a challenge or like a multi-video launch or something like that, like the attention, the engagement is so low by say day four or five. I feel like 
three days is kind of the sweet spot where you can get people to commit for three days or potentially for multiple weeks, like one day a week. But getting people to commit for more than three days in a week is just like way too big of an ask, especially for something free. Mm-hmm. So the day three giveaway is a spot in the course that we're promoting, two spots. So that is how we get people to show up and be excited about day three because it's when we do the final push, final discount. And it's also the, in my opinion, the most fun training because we're talking about the client, where to find the client, answering a lot of the juicy questions. The sessions tend to be about 45 minutes to an hour long, but then I'll stick around for a good half an hour just doing Q&A, sometimes even longer. And that's how I just learn more about the people in my community and connect with people and recognize names. And it makes it nice for me. Yeah, that is something that I love about live launches is as big a fangirl as I am of Evergreen Funnels and just how smooth and streamlined they are. And I love passive income, of course, that's great. But you learn so much from a live launch. Like, it's nice to analyze the analytics from an Evergreen Funnel and be like, okay, I'll tweak this, I'll tweak that. But you'll learn a lot faster with a live launch because it's so much like messier and like so much more hands-on. Totally. And you get to interact with the people a lot more. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit and chat about lead generation. You mentioned that you tend to have about a thousand people side up for OBM week. And I know that you're always doing list building, of course. Where do your leads come from for the most part? And also, can you speak to... Are you mostly remarketing to existing leads, like, you know, always list building, but marketing to your whole list every time? Or are you primarily marketing to fresh leads each time you launch? Yeah, I market to everybody every time we launch. So we have different buckets on our list. We have people who have purchased and are upgraders for our accreditation. Because I think the other big incentive between our programs is that People who join us for Accelerator can upgrade to accreditation and apply a portion of their course towards the next tier, the upgrade to. Does the opportunity to do that come when you launch the accreditation a month or two later? Is that when you're like, you can take the amount you paid for the first thing and apply it to the second thing? No, we tell them right away and then we remind them constantly. So it's a constant, hey, you can upgrade and also... We let our internal students be able to upgrade even outside of our enrollment period. So let's say like we literally just closed enrollment last week for our accreditation. But if someone wanted to upgrade now, we would offer them a spot in our January cohort. Whereas somebody walking off the street is not going to have that opportunity because they're not going to maybe even know that there is a cohort starting then. So they still have to wait for the live cohort, but they can upgrade now and like secure their spot. Exactly. I see. I like that. And we only have 25 people in that program. So it fills up. We tend to almost max out even with our early bird offer. So that's the other thing is that we do have an early bird offer on our accreditation when we launch those. How long do you have the early bird enrollment open? It's open for really quite a long time. It's open for about three to four weeks. Okay. And there's a lower price then? Yeah. So we give a financial discount and then we do like our regular launch for about two weeks. So it's almost double the enrollment period time as our regular no discount yet in portion. Okay. So going back to lead generation, what are your top lead generation strategies? So I find that A really good way for us to generate leads is by showing up in communities that curate and deliver awesome content to virtual assistants. It's like an over the years kind of thing. I have really tried as an introverted person to build relationships with people who work with similar clients like myself. So we have a lot of VA influencers in our community that you know, are really excited to promote OBM Week to their students because it's sort of like they look at it as where that journey ends and the virtual assistant can transfer their skills over to an OBM role, make more money, feel a little bit more solid. So there's a very nice, easy to promote 
feels very much of a mutually beneficial relationship between myself and a number of virtual assistant influencers that has shown to generate the most leads, but also the leads that convert the easiest and are the best leads because they are being told, this is a great next step for you. Often people will say to me, you know, my VA coach told me that I'd make a better OBM. So here I am. Where do I sign up? And I'm like, you sign up here. Here you go. (laughs) So that's been the biggest thing for us. And so we spend a lot of effort and time on making sure that our affiliates have what they need, making sure that they can promote us in their communities. I'll come in and I'll do a lot of expert sessions. And then we say, here's a special lead magnet or something that we've curated specifically for that community that seems to be very appealing to people. So that's the one way we generate leads. And then we have this Facebook community that um, has been around, I believe, since 2014 or 2016, maybe. For all the ups and downs I have with Facebook, this group does really well. And we have something integrated that I don't know if you're familiar with. It's called Group Leads. Do you know Group Leads? Sounds familiar. We aren't using Facebook groups now, so I'm out of the loop. Yeah. So it sits on our Facebook group. And so people who want to join our group have to agree to be added to our list. And then there's like this direct Mm -hmm. integration because you know me, I'm all about systems and automation. (laughs) So it's like a really great way for us to list build with people who are we're chomping at the bit to become an OBM. They find our confident OBM community on Facebook. What is this? This is great. It's free. It's got so much value inside of it. And then they come on over onto our list. And I find that that is also a really, really great lead strategy for us. Yeah, that's a really cool opportunity. Yeah. So that's, I would say that that generates a solid amount of leads every month that I'm not really spending money on. And so we do run ads, but a lot of our ads are retargeting to our existing audience. You know, once they've come on the list, we spend a lot of money on retargeting them to let them know that the cart is open, that accreditation is open for application, that we're running OBM week rather than running ads to like cold audiences per se. I mean, we do a little bit of that as well, but it tends to be very expensive and not necessarily a high quality lead. What do you do inside of your Facebook group to encourage engagement? We have mentors that show up in there and we share a lot of day in the life stuff from our YouTube channel that I think inspires people. But I think the beautiful thing about that group is, if I'm being honest, which I always try to be as transparent as possible, is like we really don't do much. Gillian, we really do not do a lot in that group. I have tried over the years to schedule posts and engage and show up for Facebook lives. But depending on what's happening with Facebook, people may or may not see it. It just sometimes with Facebook, it seems very difficult to have an ongoing strategy because they change their platform all the time. So over the last few years, we've kind of just let it run on its own. But we on our team will follow up individually with everybody who joins that group to be like, hey, you joined our group. Welcome. Where are you in your journey? And just like literally just starting like a very, very benign, natural conversation with someone with no expectation. It's just the an opportunity to start a conversation. Like that is what I look at it. And it stays engaged because people are asking questions about their clients. Like my client is using this platform. What do you guys recommend? This is happening. What do you recommend? So it's just like a natural forum for like troubleshooting things as OBMs do. And I think that core principle of being an OBM helps to generate engagement. Like it was Toby, my OBM was like, I'm beginning to think that people don't know that you own this group. But again, it all feeds back to this bigger than me for helping people. And I'm a behind the scenes person. I ended up in this role I think just based on circumstances and being a resourceful person that I am, not because I set out to be some kind of influencer from the get-go. So like, I'm happy to be like the fly on the wall sort of person in that group because they seem to get a lot of value out of it. And we start that relationship with them from the get-go by initiating a conversation, which lets them know that, you know, I created this group. If you have any questions or want to join a program, head over to OBM school kind of thing. It's so wonderful when 
Facebook groups or other things work out like that, where they end up kind of being self-feeding, kind of like a viable ecosystem on their own, where you don't necessarily have to be continually like forcing it to keep going or continually dumping a lot of energy into it. I mentioned that we're not doing Facebook groups right now. And that's really why we had a couple of Facebook groups that were great spaces. We really enjoyed them, small community sort of thing. And they grew and they grew really fast, actually, over the last couple of years. And conversation just got really watered down and the engagement just plummeted. And we tried a bunch of different strategies and we couldn't really get the people to interact. And I think part of it was because they grew too big too fast. And so the people didn't know each other any longer. And then I think also that probably the groups were a little bit too diverse. I think that it's a lot easier to have a more successful engaged Facebook group when regardless of size, it's more niche and everyone has more in common than they were to talk about, right? And we had left ours a little bit too general. Whereas yours, right, it's all OBMs. So like you said, they have questions about clients and they're trying to problem solve and they're trying to get answers, right? Totally. And I think that kind of goes back to what we were speaking about earlier, which was like sticking and doubling down with the thing that's working instead of being distracted or in awe of something new and shiny because you're bored, you know, and you want to try something new. So every time I kind of get that itch of like, oh, this is so cool. And like, let's try something new. Like I literally am like, no, you're going to just stick to this path because this really is what's working for you and you continue it. So the things always feed back to this OBM. How can I help better serve our OBM community instead of like this other thing? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm going to interrupt this conversation with Sarah for just a minute to talk with you about where you're at right now. You know, Sarah and I are talking about how you can launch a product over and over again. And as she admits, this can be pretty exhausting. But where are you with it right now? Are you just gearing up, just hoping, just dreaming about your first launch? Or do you have a launch or two behind you? And right now you're thinking about how can you keep this going? How can you keep selling the same product over and over again for years into the future? How can you keep your business not just going, but keep it growing? Well, depending on which of those two situations you're in, I want to tell you about two different programs that you could go through that could help you reach those goals. The first one is Validate. Validate is our eight-week accelerator for early-stage entrepreneurs who want to create a course and they want to launch that course and they want to get it done as quickly and as successfully as possible. As a Validate student, we will work closely with you to help you assess your target market and figure out exactly what they need and want, why they want it, and how you can most effectively sell to them. Then we'll guide you to create a beta version of your product and to launch it in just a few weeks. The end goal for Validate is to have your first profitable launch, to put the money in the bank, but even more than that, to make sure that there truly is demand for the product you want to sell, and to learn how to sell your product so that you can take your product and take the marketing materials that you created for that validation launch and use them to launch your product over and over again or to build an evergreen funnel that will sell your product on autopilot for years to come. If Validate sounds like the right program for you where you're at right now with your business, just thinking about your first launch or maybe you've tried to launch your product but you haven't managed to have a successful first launch yet, then go to gillianperkins.com slash validate to learn more about the program and join the wait list for our next cohort. Now, on the other hand, if you have a successful launch behind you and right now you're thinking about how can you turn that one successful launch or turn the few sales that you've made so far into a substantial stream of income, like I'm talking 10K plus per month consistently, month after month, Well, in that case, you're going to want to check out 100K Mastermind. 100K Mastermind is our 12-month group coaching program where we work with students to set up high-converting automated sales funnels to sell their online courses and to build evergreen lead generation systems to continually fuel their funnels with ready-to-buy leads. This is an advanced program and definitely not for the faint of heart, 
But if your goal is to turn your online course into a substantial stream of passive income and you are committed to going all in with your online business, then we would love to talk with you about whether your business might be the right fit for 100K Mastermind. You can learn more about the program, including the dates for our next live cohort at gillianperkins.com slash 100K. That's gillianperkins.com slash 100K. And if you are interested in joining our next live cohort, make sure you fill out your application early because we only have 40 spots available for each cohort because we offer one-on-one coaching for each of the students in the program. Again, if 100K Mastermind sounds like the right fit for you to grow your business where you're at right now, then go to gillianperkins.com slash 100K. Okay, now let's get back to my conversation with Sarah Noked. Okay, the one last thing I want to ask you about before we wrap this up, and that was you mentioned at the very beginning of our conversation about staying motivated yourself as you are launching over and over again. Do you have any insight on that? Anything that's really worked for you? What's your advice? How do you stay motivated? Lots of vacations. So I love traveling. I live very close to Europe. And we try to get away as much as possible. So my husband and I just finished our skippers designation. So we know we can rent a yacht and we can hang out off the coast of Greece. And so my motivation is just, first and foremost, I'm just really a grateful human being because I can fly to Canada when I need to. I can pretty much make my schedule as flexible as much as I want. So when it comes to rewarding myself for putting in the hard work, it usually comes in the form of a vacation, usually with my girlfriends. (laughs) (laughs) So I really love to just enjoy experiences. I want more experiences in my life. And so when I am promoting OBM Week and I'm in this blog and like people are messaging me about this and confirming that. And I have like decision-making. What do they call it? When you're just making too many decisions and you start to like freak out. Fatigue. Yeah. Fatigue. Okay, this will end soon. And then I will be on vacation somewhere. And obviously during the pandemic, that wasn't so easy. And I think that is why things got so hard during the pandemic. And there were points in time where I wasn't as motivated. So I think in short, it's like taking breaks. You need to like bake in breaks. And I am a very systematic, structured person. You know, I think we're the same like that, Gillian, because I've been following you for a while. And I know I'm like, girl, you're preaching to the choir about like the time blocking and the, you know, the four day work week, the time for the kids. And I will only show up a certain time, certain days of the week. I call it with my face on and clothes on, you know, to do podcasts (laughs) and live interviews. Because I just want to be like left alone. I want to do yoga. I want to go to some retreats. <laughs> like, just leave me alone. <laughs> like I'm like a please leave me alone kind of person, but also motivated to show up. If I am very, very sure it's going to impact people and help people, then I can get motivated. Mm-hmm. But most of the time I'm like happy to be left alone, happy to be on my Portugal holiday somewhere, you know, exotic. So I think probably the universal lesson from this, because I know that different people work differently, right? And we were talking about this the other day, how you were talking about traveling and looking forward to some traveling and that sort of thing. And I was like, I'm not in my like stay-at-home mom phase where I'm just like loving my house, loving the homemaking. And like, I don't want to go anywhere because travel is just like a hassle. One of anything for me right now. So what I've been really loving is like working less and kind of like keeping things at a minimum and doing like a little every day so that there's not like big projects. And obviously, my point here is not like, Sandra, you should do it my way. My way is better. (laughs) Like, not at all. My point is that I think it's really important for people to tap into what their like good working routine is and find a work routine, both like a weekly work routine or a daily work routine, but also like an annual work routine of like, do I do better with a constant steady stream of work or with more big projects and then shut down flush vacation? right? Like big break. So just like finding that routine that works for you with your personality, with your energy cycles and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. A related question, you're, I think, speaking more to like the energy management. How do you keep going? How do you stay motivated? That part from a really like practical aspect, sometimes just another challenge, but a related challenge is 
continuing to have things to say on the same topic, continuing to not just have the motivation to create content, but like the capacity, the like the idea generation, right, for content. So with you launching so frequently, I would say quarterly is pretty frequently, and then launching to your entire list every time, I expect you have to write fresh copy every time, like write new emails every time. Is, is that right? Yes, absolutely. And do you write all those emails yourself? Hell to the no. I'm a humanities undergrad. I've written quite a few essays in my day. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm happy to show up on video. I can do a lot of things. But we have and we have had dedicated writers on our team. Funny enough, my first OBM that I hired, I hired her as a copywriter and then later brought her in as my full-time employed online business manager. That was many moons ago. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to know, especially when it comes to launching, you have to know your strengths and your weaknesses. My weakness is being a perfectionist when it comes to writing, so much so that it almost paralyzes me at times to finish writing an email. And so I have really been grateful in the sense that I recognize that as my limitation. So I can bring on a writer who jams with me every week, who brainstorms with me every week, and who crafts emails in a way that I still add. And my OBM, who's been on my team for eons, We'll still add a lot of feedback and input depending on, you know, the voice and the vibe and just the evolution. You know, our brand has really evolved. It evolved from like Sarah Noquette OBM, where I used to sign off my emails, XO Sarah, okay, (laughs) which is so lame, (laughs) to like now being like the OBM school where it's like a school and there's curriculum and it feels a little bit more of an institution. So our emails aren't more institutional sounding, but a little bit. So, you know, they're a little bit more formal. You know, I'm not dropping F-bombs as much anymore. I'm also getting older. You know, I'm in my 40s now. I'm not in my 20s anymore like I was when I started pre-babies. I've got three kids. My eldest is 10 years old, for the love of God. So I just find that you have to really know your strengths and weaknesses. I said to my team about a year ago, I was like, guys, I am not going to be the person showing up on stories and reels every day, let alone twice a day. That is not me. That is not my personality. I cannot keep up with that. So the strategy that we employ for our launching has to mitigate that. It has to recognize that. And so when I made that decision, I said to myself, you know, I still go live, but I do it when I feel inspired. And that isn't always the case. But I was like, I never want our strategy or our sales strategy or our marketing strategy to be like dependent on me showing up in real time. You know, I've got three kids. They're my priority. Not to mention that I usually have a seven to 10 hour time zone difference. So a lot of the times, like I'm winding down and I'm like, I'm cooked. I'm done. I've been working all day. I'm not going to continue creating stories or reels or whatever. So that's been a really important part of our success is just recognizing. And then sort of like when I moved to Israel and I became an OBM and I was like, okay, I'm, I want to work online. I will never meet my clients in person. I will never have clients in my neck of the woods. My clients are either in Australia, Canada, the, the US or Europe. And so it forced me to be resourceful in a way that took a lot of the things off of my plate, like meeting my clients live or networking live that you know, in the end, maybe I didn't make as many connections, but I had more time and more focused work on growing my business. So there's sort of see the silver lining or like I've always been opportunistic and I feel like I've always been able to see an opportunity in the midst of like nothing with people, with business, with life. And that's been my sweet spot. So I just play into my strengths and I try to keep it fun and I reward myself and Like I was in Portugal, we just celebrated our 40th. I met my girlfriends from high school. Like these are girls I've known since we were babies. We met in Portugal. We had such a great time. And I came back feeling inspired about talking about these topics that I always talk about that sometimes feel a little bit like plug and play or, oh, I've talked about this 800 times. Like I come back with like an experience that gives me a different angle on things that I can talk about that makes me excited about it again. Well, you answered the question very well. Thank you so much, Sarah, for everything that you've shared with us today. I hear 
you have an SOP kit. Tell us about this SOP kit. Yeah. So I think one of the things that I, I wanted to talk about today was how I systematize my launches. And I think one of the things that is so pertinent as you get into your fourth, fifth, sixth launch is creating a standard operating procedure around those launch activities or creation of assets or testing of product where you can delegate it to a VA or an OBM. So for those of you listening who maybe aren't an OBM or have this business and are like, well, that's all fine and dandy. Sarah's an OBM and she loves systems. I don't love systems. So this SOP kit will empower your team to start to create systems around these tasks in your launches that are recurring. And for me, it's like we've got the accreditation launch happening. Toby, my OBM, she like smacks that task list into our project management tool. And we're like, oh, and then we just start, you know, reverse engineering the dates. We've got SOPs on a lot of these recurring tasks. And that's why I'm like, we're not changing anything. Because once you change one thing, it creates some kind of ripple effect. And I don't have the brain cells to like figure out how that's going down. So we're going to just keep it the same. And if we lose five sales, because we've kept it the same, it's still better for me from a mental perspective. I don't want to go insane, but also, you know, it's better because the ripple effect and how it affects my team's motivation sometimes feels like shooting myself in the foot. So our SOP kit is the standard operating procedure template that we use. And you guys can find that over at obmschool.com forward slash W-L-E-M dash SOP. And that kit is my sanity savior for launching and everything I do in my business. But I think it's really important to look at launching as a recurring thing that you streamline and perfect every time rather than reinventing the wheel. And I think a lot of that comes from working as an OBM and having these clients be like, okay, last time we did a webinar, so this time we're doing a challenge or this time we're doing like something completely different. And I was like, but why? Or like, this time we're changing the whole sales page and changing the name of the program. Like, but why? (laughs) So like, keep it simple, create some SOPs and just stay the course and change one small thing or two small things every time so that you can actually measure how that change impacts the analytics and the metrics and the key performance indicators. Amen. I'm such a big fan of A-B testing. That's how I do everything. So what exactly is in the SOP kit? Is it like a template for writing an SOP or is it a set of SOPs? Is it for launching? It's not specifically for launching, but it is our SOP template that we use inside of our business and that we give our OBMs to use. It's also, ironically enough, the SOP for creating SOPs. So my big getting on my soapbox moment is when I tell entrepreneurs that they can empower their team by like encouraging their team members to create SOPs around their recurring tasks. So I'm not going to get on my soapbox today, talk about that. But I do think that having an SOP for creating SOPs for your team and a procedure, ironically enough, for building these systems is the first place to start for any scaling entrepreneur. So for those who are listening who aren't familiar with SOPs, give us the like 60 second pitch on what is an SOP and why you need them in your business. SOPs are life. They are your freedom. They are all the things. So my whole feeling is that a standard operating procedure is what enables you to take a vacation from your business. It's what there was a quote, I'm going to get it all wrong. It's like people come and go, but systems remain kind of thing. And so it's the only thing in your business you can control are the standardized ways that you do things. And that is why you need a standard operating procedure for the recurring tasks in your business. Great. And what again, was that URL to grab the SOP kit? obmschool.com forward slash W-L-E-M dash SOP. Great. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for sharing that kit. And just for everything that you've shared with us today, I love how like, open you were about everything. And I love it when people are just willing to like feel back curtains on their business and reveal everything. So thank you so much. Thank you, Gillian. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Work Less, Earn More. Now, here's what I want you to do next. 
Take a screenshot of this episode you're listening to right now and share it out on your Instagram stories. And when you do, make sure you tag me at Gillian Z Perkins so I can see you're listening. Sharing on stories is going to help more people find this podcast so they too can learn how to build their business in a way that allows them to work less and earn more. And if you really love the show, head over to Apple Podcasts right now and leave Work Less, Earn More a review to give it a boost and help even more people find it. Okay, let's wrap this up. I'm Gillian Perkins. And until next week, stay focused and take action.